Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right, uh, we are going to continue on in the book of John. Uh, we're looking at our series here and over in John chapter 15, we're going to look at the word of God and be challenged by this word that Jesus is giving as he's talking to his disciples uh, there in chapter 15, it, it's, uh, his, uh, it's an extended parable, uh, a kind of a long parable, and, and he's saying, I am the vine. And we find here that God is our source, that he alone is our source. And so many times we look for different sources in our lives, sources for happiness, sources for joy and pleasure and those things. And, as people, we look for a source that's going to provide life or change or, or meaning and strength for us as we walk on this journey that we are walking down. And it's important for us that we recognize that there is one true source in our lives. When I was a kid, our neighbors had two ponds across the road. And I say road because part of it was gravel, part of it was dirt. Uh, it wasn't a street by any means, and, and on the farm there, they had this smaller pond that was near our house, and then they had a larger pond that was down, down the road a ways, and there were times that we would like to go fishing, and so we would go and bring out our, our rods and reels, started out with the cane poles, you know, and, and we would go across, and we would go to these little, these little ponds and, and enjoy ourselves. Uh, but the one pond was fairly small, and the other one was fairly large as farm ponds go. And, uh, you know, we would have, back, that's back in the 80s, and we, we had some weather patterns there like we have here now. And, and we had some dry seasons, and when those dry seasons came, you're like, what's going to happen here? And the smaller pond, I remember some times uh, to where I went to the pond in a drought time, and there was probably two, two to 500 gallons left in the thing. It wasn't huge, but it wasn't tiny either. And so times like that would happen. But then if you went to the larger pond, there was something different about that one. Even when the drought hit, we still had water in that pond. And out of all of my time being around that area, and my parents are still in that same house, and and uh, out of all my time, I've never seen that large pond go dry. Never, not one time. And uh, so, in fact, it was, it was great because it seemed like it always had water in it, but there was something about that pond that the other one, that was different. It didn't ha wasn't like the other pond. It had a spring. It was spring-fed, and that spring would continue to provide water for that pond year-round. It didn't matter what time of year. It didn't matter how cold, how hot. It was, if we had rain or no rain, it always provided, and in fact, we had a creek that was on our land that came from that pond, and so when the dry seasons would hit, that, uh, that creek would nearly dry up because of the lack of water, but in that pond, even though it would go down below the tube so it couldn't drain through that tube and then go to our creek, the neighbor would finally, he had a special pipe under, underground. And if we needed water, he could just open the valve down there and let, and let supply out when it dried up. So 
Now, our creek may have dried up, but his pond never dried up. He had a long-term source. He was connected to a spring. And if you follow Jesus Christ, there's something that you'll recognize that with him, if you are tapped into the vine, if you are tapped into Christ, you will never run out. You will always have something. He is our source of life, and you will never dry up. You'll always have a good source of healthy spiritual life if you stay connected to the vine. You need to stay connected to the vine, your source. Now, we see that the true vine is our source of life. We see that Jesus here in John chapter 15, and we'll look at verse 1 here, uh, the, the Father prunes or cuts off the branches off of our lives. Let's read it together. First, first John, or I'm sorry, John chapter 15, verse 1. He says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and also I, as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now we understand right away that Jesus has been talking with his disciples, and, and this, uh, as he's talking about this, he's talking to them at this point, and he's giving us the understanding that he is the vine, and he, this parable, and he, uh, he's our source. He's our source of renewal. He's our source of hope and healing. He's our source of forgiveness. And we need to stay tapped into him. There's an ancient writer, a Jewish writer, his name's Josephus. Uh, he was kind of a historian, and, uh, and he connects the grapevine to the temple. And we'll look at that in a second. And we have to ask ourselves, as Jesus is talking uh, as he's talking to his disciples, what prompts him to use the, this image? Well, his uh, figures like shepherd and, and bread, water, light, all these came from ancient Jewish traditions. They were there. They used them. That was something they were familiar with, and he was trying to stay connected and help them understand. And if Jesus left the upper room back in chapter 14, verse 30, once he left from there, he may have stopped over at the temple to teach and to pray, and at the entrance of the holy place, which was west of the altar, uh, he, uh, he would have seen the steps that led to the linen, linen curtain that co was covered with purple, scarlet, and blue flowers. So you can kind of get a picture of where he's at. And then we see a solid, solid gold chains hung alongside of the curtain from the door beam. And above the curtain, right beneath the roof line, we find something very special. It was a gigantic grapevine of pure gold representing Israel. We have that from history. And wealthy citizens could bring gifts to add to that vine. They could bring uh, like gold tendrils and grapes and leaves. And uh, these new items would be added by a metal worker as he put them on and attached them uh, to this vine. And it's just what they did it was continually growing from the people doing, uh, bringing those uh, offerings and Josephus claims that some of the grape clusters were even as high as a, as a man. And uh, so, so it's possibly in this setting that Jesus is speaking. So we see here, though, a few things, and we're going to look at this morning. God the Father prunes things off of our lives. 
Verse 2 there says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that he will so that it will be even more fruitful, so that it'll be more fruitful. The vine and the vineyard, they're old and sacred images in Judaism. They've been around for a long time. And, and the vine represented the covenant people of God, planted and tended by God so that Israel would produce fruit. If you think about Israel for just a second, they're God's chosen people. God chose them, but God didn't only choose them. He chose them and put them in a very strategic location. And in that location, if you look at, your, uh, look at a map, you can look and see uh, uh, Europe and, and uh, all of that above them, and you can see Africa down below them, and they are in a, God, God chose them to be there in this perfect spot because one of those reasons would be because of that was a ma- those were major trade routes running through there. And what would happen if they become the light of the world and be able to bless people because God has blessed them and share good news to others? Hey, that's a perfect place to be. You got these guys coming from Ethiopia. You got the guys coming from all of North Africa coming through there. You got the people that in Europe and all of those coming through their area. What a great plan God has. Generally, in the Old Testament, when, the, when Israel is, uh, is called a vine or a vineyard, the nation is being chastised for not bearing fruit as God expects. And if you keep that in, in perspective, you can catch that what Jesus is saying, that some he prunes and he, and, he, and he cuts others off. But like Jesus taught over in Matthew chapter 7, verse 19, it says, "...every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire." And now we want to be part, uh, we don't want to be part of that group. Rather, we want to be part of those who are willing to be pruned by God, right? We want to allow Him to work in our lives. We want to be the people that produce fruit. Not fruity people, right? I figured some of you catch that. Now, let's look here a little bit. Ancient vine tending practices provide for us an opportunity to understand what's taking place here. Uh, there were two processes that were involved, the training of the vines, not like training your dog, but the training of the vines, and then also uh, you have the pruning of the branches, and vines were trained in a couple different ways. In one way, they were trained by, they may be, they may be allowed to go across the ground, and then what they would do is they may take a rock or a stick and put up underneath certain parts of the uh, vine so that it, the leaves could stay off the ground and such and they would aerate out, and it could produce good fruit. Uh, for others, they could uh, put the, a pole in the ground or a trellis, and then they would allow it to grow up there, and they'd kind of make sure it gets up into the right place so it can stay aerated and produce the fruit that it needs to. So there's, there's just a few different things they do like this. And, and, and really, this may be a reminder to us that as soon as you come to faith, you have a part to play as a follower of Jesus. In some sense, we're all in training. The Lord is still training in each and every one of us, and sometimes He picks us up and moves us a little bit and and adjusts us so that we can follow Him in a way that pleases Him and so that we can produce fruit because He wants us to bear fruit. But He doesn't leave us on on our own to do that. It may simply be for you to be able to share what God has done for you. You're in, you, are a tra- you are in training so that you can produce fruit. Each and every one of us are. 
Pruning was also an essential part of the first century vine tending practices like today. The, the first pruning occurred usually in spring and they would do several things. And one of those things that they would do is they would take uh, those little sprouts that are really growing fast. They would, they would break the end of them off so they didn't grow too fast. And then the second thing is they would cut back some of them by about a foot or, a, or t- up to two feet to bring them back and, and trim them off. So when, uh, when the winds came, it didn't, uh, it didn't snap them off anyway and damaged the vine. And, and so that was one of those things they did because it would make them stronger. They removed some of the flowers or grape clusters so that, they, so that those left could produce even better fruit. And they removed the suckers that grew from the ground or from the trunk and and the main branches so that the strength of the vine was not robbed by the suckers. Maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. If you have trees, we have two trees in our front yard that uh, they're maples. and They tend to grow suckers all over them. They've been damaged in the past in the storm. And we have to go out there and cut those things off. One, they look bad. But, but two, it's also it robs from the rest of the tree and it doesn't produce as well. Not that we want it producing more maple seeds than it already does. Anyway, you get it. And uh, so, if a grapevine is going to be healthy and productive, it must be pruned properly. But this spring, it's interesting because that spring pruning, that's not when they lobbed off the big stuff. That's not when they did that. They didn't lob off all the big stuff and then throw it in the fire and burn it. That's, that's for later. But if a, if a grapevine is going to be healthy and productive, it has to be pr- pr- uh, pruned correctly. And the same for us. If you're, if you're going to be spiritually healthy and productive, you also must be pruned properly. This is where God takes us through the process. And maybe sometimes we don't like the process. I'm sure at times there's things that happen in our lives that are challenging as we're pruned and uh, as things are adjusted, and there's different barriers to uh, uh, producing fruit. It's interesting that if you look at the essential processes uh, of the first pruning, they prune uh, fast-growing shoots to make them stronger so they don't break off easier. Maybe we're growing by leaps and bounds, and then all of a sudden we think everything is going good, and then God brings something into our life or allows something in our life, and we say, how could God do that? Because He loves you. And his plan is bigger than our plan. And he understands us better than we understand ourselves. He sees the big picture. We don't see the big picture. And so he works something in our lives. It's just like uh, weed in northeast Kansas here. When I was growing up, we grew a little bit more wheat than what is now grown here, I think. And, and so back in the day, I, I learned growing up on the farm from my dad that uh, that uh, it's important to run our cattle on the uh, hard red winter wheat. We'd plant the, we'd sow the wheat in the fall and then allow it to grow throughout the winter into the spring. And, and at that time, the, the, the wheat was small, and Dad would say, let's get all the cattle and run them on all the wheat. And I'm thinking, as a kid, I'm thinking, what are you talking about? That is ridiculous. Why would you do that? They're going to eat all the crop. And he's thinking, I'll tell you later. And uh, so, and then he would he would he would explain it to us, and he said, "Look, if if you run that uh, run the cattle on the wheat, then it makes it stronger. It eats it down, and so by the time the spring storms come in, you'll see that it can hold its own. It's more vibrant and strong." And, and I saw it. He he told us, and he, after I understood what he was talking about, I still kind of questioned it a little bit. You know, I was a kid; I didn't know anything. 
And uh, so I looked, and I looked at our field, I looked at the neighbor's field who didn't do that, and I could see the difference when the tornadoes would come and the heavy winds would come. Their wheat would sometimes be laying on the ground, and my dad's wheat was standing up strong. Why? Because it had been challenged. It had been pruned, so to speak, by all the cattle running on it. Uh, you, would thought, you would have thought that would have been hard on it, but it wasn't. But God does that stuff in our lives, too. Don't you, have you ever felt like you've been trampled? Probably every one of us could say in here, we've been trampled. And maybe you haven't been well. There will probably be a time coming when you have that opportunity. And when it happens, don't, don't, don't be discouraged. Recognize that God can turn that thing around and use it in your life. And it can make you strong so you can stand the test of the time and the storms that are going to come your way. Because they do come our way, don't they? There's some barriers to fruitfulness, and, and sometimes uh, one is simply immature branches, and new branches require several years of pruning before they can produce. We need some time to be able to grow, and growth may even involve difficult things in our lives, as much as we hate to say it. But, but what is a difficult thing in your life that's helped you to grow spiritually? You don't have to respond to me, but... Think about it for a second. What is something that was difficult in your life and later on down the road, maybe a few days or months, maybe even years for some, you, say, you look back and you say, you know what, that thing was hard. I don't ever want to go through that again and I don't want to wish that on anybody, but that was hard, but it changed my life for the good. We have to be willing to allow God to work in our lives in that way. Pruning causes growth. Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Muggeridge said, uh, contrary to what uh, might be expected, I look back on experiences that at the same time seemed especially desolating and painful with satisfaction. He looks at them with satisfaction. Then he goes on to say, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I have learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my experience has been through affliction and not through happiness. The challenges that we face can bring fruit. They can bring fruit in our lives and they can actually help other people. Some of the things that some of you have went through, you can use that as a testimony to encourage people to say, you know what, you can make it through this. Does it matter what you face in this life? Most of the significant things done in the world were done by people who went through too, too, who were too busy or they were too sick. And there are, there are few ideal and leisurely settings for the disciplines of growth. Pruning has one major purpose, and that's fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. You've been called to produce fruit. You were made to produce fruit. But it can only happen if you stay connected to Christ. You see something else here. Jesus' command, His, his command is to remain in Him. Uh, he says there in verse 4, He says, Remain in Me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in Me. So, we have to step back and think a little bit, what does this remain uh, in Christ mean to us? And there are, there are really a few things that we need to look at. 
Uh, first is this, the disciples probably thought of it in terms of loyalty and fellowship that would continue as they uh, obeyed his word. So there are a couple other places in John's gospel where Jesus speaks of his disciples remaining in him or in his love, and each in each case involves keeping his word. So we understand that his word to us is very important. We want to follow what he says to us so that we can serve him faithfully. Uh, and it's, it is the, the second thing is the combination of the disciples remaining in fellowship with Jesus by obeying his word and Jesus remaining in his disciples through the coming of the Spirit, which produces fruit that pleases God the Father. So that third part of it, well, it may include righteous living, of course, and sharing the gospel with people so that they come to faith, but we, we must consider that when Jesus continues, uh, that Jesus continues to fellowship with us by the Spirit, the Spirit of God. Once we come to faith in Christ, the Scripture tells us we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that He is in us. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is another thing, and we'll be looking at that shortly uh, in, a, in a few weeks. But, but we understand that, that these things are important for us. And so this suggests that fruit refers to the entire life and ministry of those who followed Jesus, teaching and experience His presence in their lives through the Spirit. Your whole life. And your whole ministry, you say, wait a second, I'm not an ordained minister or licensed. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a ministry. Whether it's formal in the sense of a greeter, or it's informal just saying, hey, Jesus has done this for me in my life. We have all been called to be ministers of reconciliation to some level in our lives as followers of Jesus. And if you stay connected to the vine... The Holy Spirit working and connecting with you will produce some great fruit. He has a great plan for your life. You're a branch of the vine Jesus. We need to stay connected to the source. Look at verse 5 here with me. The second part of this we see uh, where Jesus says again, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and wither. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now we like that verse, right? We love that verse and we should love that verse and we should be thankful for that verse. He has us to remain in him. His words remain in us. And we can ask what we need and he, it will be done for us. Verse 8 goes on to say, And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. There's an old saying that we used to use in the church years ago, maybe not as much, it depends on what camp you've been from, if you want to use that term. And it's ministry flows out of relationship, or ministry flows out of relationship. It flows out of our connection that we have with God that we have with Jesus and the Holy Spirit working inside of us. Ministry also flows out of the relationships that we have with one another as well. So both sides of that are very important for us as followers of Jesus. So we all have a place of ministry in the body of Christ. And you may simply be an encourager, you may be a greeter, you may be uh, 
You, you could do all kinds of things. Uh, you may cook in the kitchen, uh, and like some did yesterday, uh, but, but some of the barriers to being fruitful come from this. A lack of proper nourishment. A lack of proper nourishment. Sometimes we don't have the nourishment we need. A poor, uh, poor supply of water or nutrition will, will destroy the vine. It, if Christ's life and love do not flow in us, we will be spiritually unproductive. If you're following Christ and you're staying tapped into the vine, you will stay nourished. And likely you will be fruitful. Have you ever had a storm break a branch off of a tree in your yard, maybe, or at the park? And uh, you saw what took place. The branch, uh, perfectly healthy tree, and all of a sudden it breaks off a branch, and there it is laying on the ground. It's got all these green leaves. The first day, hey, it doesn't look too bad. You're, you, you kind of say, if you're really desperate to keep your trees, maybe you decide you want to pick that branch up and stick it in a bucket of water. Don't worry. I don't think you should do it. But anyway, uh, so that branch is broken off, and finally you start seeing the leaves wilting. Uh, and then before a few days, they finally kind of just kind of shri uh, shrivel up. And then before long, they finally just totally die. That branch is dead. The, the, the leaves are totally shriveled up brown and no good anymore. What used to be green and vibrant is now brown and shriveled up, shriveled up. And if you're going to grow in your faith, if you're going to grow in serving others, if you're going to grow to serve God, you have to remember that real ministry flows out of your relationship with God. It goes for all of us. By remaining in Him, then He, then he tells the, the apostles and disciples and, and subsequently us to, to bear fruit. This brings up this question for us. What kind of fruit are you bearing? What kind of fruit are you bearing? We have to ask that of ourselves, and now we understand that seasons in life may cause us to serve, different, serve in different ways than we used to, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to serve. One thing is for sure, if the Holy Spirit is in us, then we are tapped into the vine and we will be bearing fruit. Are you staying tapped into the vine? That's a key for us as followers of Jesus, to stay tapped into Him, to keep that fellowship going uh, with our Lord. Those things are important for us as followers of Jesus. We need to allow Him to work in our lives and through our lives. I know seasons happen. Uh, times change. You know, may, God may have us do a certain thing for a certain time, and sometimes that passes, and then then the Lord opens different doors or challenges us to step out in a different way than what we've stepped out before. And then when that happens and we feel a little bit uncomfortable, kind of like the seating this morning, right? It feels a little uncomfortable. You say, well, I'm not used to that. I want to, I want to sit here or do that. Or when it comes to serving the Lord, I'm not used to doing this. I want to do that instead or this over here. And the, but the fact is, is sometimes those are just seasons in our life. If we stay tapped into the vine, then the Lord will help us understand what it is we need to do and how to do that. But we have to stay tapped into Him. Let's consider the second pruning. I talked earlier about the first pruning in the ancient world and how the, the word, uh, we'll look at the word to prune in the original language uh, in Greek can also mean to clean or to purify. 
It's found only here in the New Testament, but the related word, clean, pure, uh, is found 27 times in the New Testament and four times in John's Gospel. So to clean or purify a vine is important. And remember that Jesus calls the disciples, then us, the, and, uh, so to speak, in branches. The, we're his branches. Especially as disciples, as apostles, at that point there, there is branches. And the second pruning uh, occurred in the autumn after the grapes were harvested, the vines were dormant. So this involved the removal of those unwanted branches, those that had produced fruit in the previous season but would not produce fruit in the, in the following season. It also involved cutting back the desired branches, the shoots from the year-old branches that would produce fruit in the coming year to ensure a maximum fruit production. But after the autumn prunings, the cuttings, including many wooden, woody branches, were gathered up and they were ended up being burned. That was a serious pruning. Today we may get out our chainsaw or, or a bow saw or something, probably not on a vine. I think more of a tree. Get out one of those and we lop, we got to lop that thing off of there. Have you ever done that? You got some trees. We had a big old branch on our, one of our trees in front and my wife parks her van right underneath of that thing. And finally I decided we need to take that thing down. And we got the chainsaw out and whacked that thing off and then cut it all up and, and thought that thing's not going to produce anything but a smashed car if the, if the wind comes very hard. And, and so we got that thing out of the way. And sometimes, y'all, God may, there may be some, even some branches in our own personal lives as we've served the Lord. That those branches, we've, we've used them, God's worked through our lives through those branches and no longer is that fruitful. That's not where he's standing anymore. And we cut those things off. The Father says, you know what, that's, that's time to set that aside. And now He opens another door for us. I think sometimes people misunderstand and get a little confused in that. Sometimes they think, well, because this branch is dead now in my life, how can God ever do anything else in me? But the fact is, is that He can prune that off so that it doesn't sap from the rest of our lives and then He can work in another way in our lives God is more than able to do that, but we just need to stay tapped into the vine. We need to look to Him and allow Him to continue working in us. One of the, uh, we, we see that the serious pruning also may have taken place with, with Judas. If you look at him, scholars would focus on him a little bit as well, how uh, he was out of there. He was kind of lopped off, so to speak. But we don't want to be that type of person. We want to remain in Christ. And Jesus speaks about uh, this type of thing over in Matthew chapter 7, where he says in verse 16, uh, by their fruits you will recognize them. And I'll jump over to 17, he says, likewise every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruits, you will recognize them. We must leave the judgment to God. We leave that in God's hands, right? That, that's for His part to deal with. We don't deal with that. And then we need to allow Him to prune our own, own lives, right? So he even gave a, another parable about uh, take the, pl own, the plank out of your own eye before you try to get the speck out of somebody else's eye. And, and he's working in our lives, and so we have to make sure that we are not worried about somebody else's plank when we got a speck in our a speck when we got an own plank in our own. We have to be able to allow him to prune our lives and allow him to work in us. 
because he has good things for us. Is that an amen? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Finally, as we wrap this up, stay in his love by keeping his commands. He says in verse 9 there, he says, As the Father has loved me, so, I, uh, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy uh, may be in you and that your love may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for, for one's friend. So he's saying something, not only is he saying love, but he's saying, hey, I've already, basically, I'm going to give you the example. This is before he gave his life on the cross. Then in verse 14, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everyone, everything I have learned from the Father, I have made known to you. Then he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So I see a couple things. We can't deal with all the detail out of this. We just don't have time. Some of you want to go home and eat breakfast or lunch. <laughs> well, some of you may have not have had breakfast. I don't know. But as we look at this, let's consider this. Keeping his commandments may seem demanding at times. But in some ways it is. But remember, he hasn't left you alone. The problem is a lot of times when we think they're demanding, we forget the focus that the Holy Spirit is there with us and he enables us to live out. The com He's the comforter, the paraclete, the one that comes alongside of us to be able to assist us and help us to live out our faith and out our walk. He sent His Holy Spirit. Even Jesus recognized that there is joy in doing the Father's will. I could not imagine what He did. I couldn't imagine going through what He did. But He said that there's joy in doing the Father's will. There's complete joy in following His will. And sometimes we simply need to be pruned to be able to recognize that joy. And once you experience it, you understand what He's talking about. Because once those things or cut off your life, the branch is out of the way. Have you ever been in a situation where you couldn't see something, you trimmed a tree, and then you could see, hey, I didn't notice that over there. Look at that. The neighbors have this or that there. And you couldn't see it before because the branch was in your way. It changes your perspective. And sometimes when God uh, cuts and prunes some of those things off of our lives, we can see again. We have a new perspective. Remaining in His, lo remaining in his love is really part of keeping His commands. Here he says in verse 12, he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Then he goes on to talk about his sacrificial love. Then he says something else. He says, you aren't servants, but friends. So Jesus is speaking to the apostles, there, his disciples, and he, he calls them friends, not servants anymore. Friends love. Friends love, but usually people don't think of love when they think of the word servant. But friends do love, and that's what he calls us as friends. As we put our trust and our faith in him, he's appointed his friends to bear lasting fruit. Stay in his love, 
So whatever you ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give. Let's hit those things one more time that Jesus Christ is our true source of life. And you're a branch connected to the real source of life. Stay connected to Him and let His love and His fruit flow through your life to others. He provides that through us. Don't let barriers, don't let those barriers uh, to fruitfulness hinder what God wants to do through you. He's a, wise, a wise gardener knows what to remove in order to bring about fruitfulness, doesn't don't they? I don't have a green thumb. I don't know about you, but I, I don't know exactly what I should do with plants when, they, when I look at them. And, and, but uh, I tell you what, He knows what to do with our lives. Your priorities and the focus on your, on your energies must be guided by Christ and His Word, not by your own wisdom and desires. When you keep that connection with Him and let Him prune you, you can expect fruit flowing from your life. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to sing a song together and we'll be dismissed shortly. Our prayer teams are going to come up. You know, I can't really tell you. I have people say something to me now and then. I think I told it in the first service too. But I, I have people what will say something to me once in a while. I don't know if, is it right to do this or to do that? And, and I look at a scripture, or the scripture doesn't really say that it's wrong or and uh, I'm like, well, I don't know. What about, what do you think? When a person starts asking those questions, I think they really need to take those matters to prayer. It's an issue maybe of conscience. Uh, those kind of things. Maybe I said it earlier, maybe in the service. I don't know. But the fact is, is we need to allow God to work in our lives. There may be something that the Lord is speaking to you and, and and you say, well, I don't know, should I be doing this? Well, I can't tell you. That's why you need to pray. Now, I can tell you what the Scripture says, but if somebody comes to me and says, hey, should I be doing this? I'm not necessarily going to say, no, you shouldn't, or yes, you should, unless I know it's against the Scripture. I really think that during those times when we have a question like that, it's usually the fact that the Holy Spirit is trying to prune our lives. And he's probably saying, there's some things here that you really don't need in your life anymore that you need to set aside. That doesn't mean they're good. Doesn't mean they're bad. You just need to set those things aside so that you can focus on him bearing fruit, fruit that lasts. We think that we need to be open to the Lord in our hearts and allow him to cut those things off of our lives so that we can be who he has called us to be. Calling is not just for a preacher. Calling is for the people of God. Calling is for everyone. He loves us and He wants us to be His own. Let's pray. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to come together in Your presence and to hear Your Word. We pray that You would help us, Lord, that we would allow You, as You speak to our lives, to be able to set some things aside to allow you to prune in our lives and that we would be open to what you want to do in us. We realize, Father God, that we are not our own. We've been bought with the price, with the blood of Jesus. And Father, I pray this morning that you would help us as we turn ourselves over to you 
may you work in us in a new and a fresh way as we stay connected to you. In Jesus' name, amen.